coming up on Philosophy Talk. You can't dispute whether or not rationality and progress in knowledge is possible. Of course it's possible. Can reason save us? Save us from what? Demagogues, climate deniers, religious zealots, the forces of unreason are everywhere. But disease and extreme poverty are down, while life expectancy, literacy, and equality are up. All triumphs of human reason. There are systematic discrepancies between reasoning, that is, how the human mind proceeds left to its own devices, and reason in the sense of our best understanding of what follows from what. Are we really living in an age of progress? I'm not making a prognostication that will succeed. I'm challenging the idea that there's some inherent reason that we can't. We ask renowned cognitive scientist Steven Pinker. Author of Enlightenment Now, The Case for Reason, Science, Humanism, and Progress. Can reason save us? Thinking about anything is reason. Coming up on Philosophy Talk. Sorry sky nice work if you can get it and you can get it if you try Is reason our only guide to the true and the good? Or can reasonable people disagree on what is true and good? Is it a mistake to fetishize reason? This is Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything except your intelligence i'm josh landy and i'm ken taylor we're coming to you from kepler's books in menlo park california continuing conversations that began at philosopher's corner on the stanford campus where ken teaches philosophy and i direct the literature and philosophy initiative welcome everyone to philosophy talk Today, we're asking, can reason save us? Save us from what? Well, demagogues busy trying to undermine democracy, uh, climate deniers you know, addicted to fossil fuels, religious fanatics who see unspeakably evil acts as like their ticket to paradise. Josh, you know, the forces of unreason, they're everywhere. Forces of unreason, you sound like some kind of mannequin, like you think there's this cosmic battle of the forces of darkness and the forces of light. Well, yeah, of course there is. Well, okay, so if you see it that way, at least it might come as some comfort to know that those forces of darkness have been losing ever since the Enlightenment. Come on, how, how do you explain the current political situation in the United States or Brexit in your own homeland or, or the Don't mess up. in the Middle East? How do you explain all that then? Yeah, okay, but they, you know, take a longer view. I mean, think about the abolition of slavery. The, the rise of democracy, the defeat of fascism, colonialism, Stalinism, or, uh, not, not to mention progress in science, technology, medicine. I mean, all these things are triumphs of reason, Ken. Yeah, 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 Josh. But, like, take the Nazis, for example. Uh, they weren't argued out of existence. They were bludgeoned to death, dude. Uh, all right. Look, the forces of reason sometimes need help from other kinds of force. I grant you that. Yeah, like the force of arms. By the way, without the Red Army, Stalin's Red Army... Hitler would have never been stopped. So uh, I want to ask you, why did you put communism on your list of defeated horribles? Well, well Stalinism, I mean, Stalin was a monster. Oh, yeah, but Marx, he was as much a man of the Enlightenment as that you so admire, I know, as Adam Smith or Immanuel Kant. I mean, look, he believed 
in scientific rationality. He was opposed to religious dogma. He was a huge advocate for human dignity. So yeah, well, you know, Marxism is wonderful in theory. It's a great theory, but in practice, unfortunately, it also gave us the gulag and you know Mao's Cultural Revolution, which just goes to show you, Josh, you should not fetishize reason the way you do. Wait, wait you're blaming the gulag on reason? Well, Stalin had his scientists and engineers, right? I mean. They adhered to the canons of scientific rationality, otherwise they could have done their thing. I mean, he had this huge collection of party apparatchiks. They managed this sprawling state. How do you think they did that? By standard bureaucratic rationality. Uh, how exactly do you think the great leader uh, controlled this group of oh-so-rational henchmen exactly? Well, he, like in any large organization, various rational incentives. Rational incentives like fear? Intimidation? I mean, these aren't your everyday tools of rational management. Well, well, yeah, they were from Stalin's point of view. Okay, so let me see if I understand you correctly. You're saying the gulag is just like one more manifestation of bureaucratic rationality? Well, yeah. I mean, not, 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 okay, it's not one that you or I would use. I, I think you wouldn't use it. Mm, not currently. But, but it worked pretty well for Stalin for a long time. You've got to admit that. It worked. So it's all about whether it works. I mean, you, you sound like some kind of relativist, Ken. I mean, uh, next thing you're going to be telling me the, the, the reason was responsible for the Holocaust. Well, not all by itself. But surely, who, who could possibly deny that reason played a major role in the Holocaust? Who could deny that? Me. Reason didn't give us the Holocaust. Uh, virulent anti-Semitism did, Ken. I mean, look, if you're the kind of person who sees... Jews as cockroaches fit only for extermination, there's something wrong with you. Y you're not using your reason correctly. Uh, I see your problem. Here, here's the thing. You're not aware that unfortunately, I mean, it really is unfortunate. Reason doesn't and it can't tell us what to value. It, ju it just takes whatever we value, you know, wh wherever they come from, it takes them as given. And, and then it tells us how to build a world in accordance with those values. So, yeah, here's the very sad fact. If you start out with like anti-Semitic values as input, then yeah, and you let reason run, it's going to give you the Nazi state as its output. Reason, this wonderful thing that you so want. I can't agree with you, Ken. I, look, I'm with Kant on this. I think reason can and should determine our values. You so over-romanticize reason. I mean, come on. You're a literary guy. Haven't you read your Nietzsche? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but I look... I, all I'm going to say to that is, look, if, if Nietzsche's view implies that the Nazis were rational then he's just wrong on this. He can't be right. Reason went dark in the Nazis. Look, look, I abhor the Nazis as much as you do, but that, I'm afraid that doesn't make them irrational, Josh. It just makes them oh, different. Different as in evil. Well, yeah, okay, evil. Yeah, different as in evil. I agree with you. Well, thank goodness for that. Okay, but uh, look, I th think you're still vastly underestimating reason. I think that's the, the mistake you're making. And I think, look, if we're going to be saved from those things you were mentioning a moment ago, Reason's our only hope. Here's what I will concede. Before we get to decide who gets to keep these lovely words, reason, rational, reasonableness, all that stuff. But you know what? These words have always been contested. They were even contested during the Enlightenment. Hume on one side, Kant on the other. And, so and that, that's why we sent our roving philosophical reporter, Liza Veal, to give us a sense of how contested they are even today. She files this report. Reason has made some powerful headway over time. We don't burn witches at the stake for sport so much anymore, but are we becoming more reasonable or is our unreasonableness just evolving with the times, taking new forms? Go down the rabbit hole and I'll show you how far it goes. 
This is Alex Jones. His alternative news website, InfoWars, gets 10 million monthly visits, making it more popular than The Economist and Newsweek. Everyone's having their water poisoned. Everyone's having deadly vaccines pushed on them. Everyone is having weaponized television aimed at them. Pizzagate is real. Sandy Hook is a synthetic, completely fake. Vegas is as phony as a $3 bill or as Obama's birth certificate. The attacks in Orlando were a false flag terror attack. That's what a false flag is, and we've never had one so open to shut as Oklahoma City. I am the person that popularized the term false flag. Or for a different flavor of the modern day person's imperviousness to reason, there's Gwyneth Paltrow's wellness company, Goop. Today on the Buzz List, interesting items from Gwyneth Paltrow's website, Goop. Coming in at number three, psychic vampire repellent. This sprayable elixir combines gem healing and aromatic therapeutic oils to banish bad vibes and blood suckers. Coming in at number two, the Darwin jellyfish tank for $1,600. You can house your own jellyfish, but again, it is sold out. However, you can rent one for $352 per day. Despite being called dangerous by truth and advertising and paying out to consumer protection lawsuits, Goop has an estimated annual revenue of $20 million. We want to believe. It's a lever that easily overpowers cognition. And political pundits know this. We've all learned by now. Appealing to an audience's favorite beliefs is essential, but reasonable discourse is expendable. So let's just take a second to listen to how the discourse is sounding. You're not answering lied about it. I am answering it. Kellyanne, that's not what but I asked. No one's questioning. All right, Kellyanne, can I just keep us on the rails here for just a second? Because you did not answer the question. He thought, what oh, did, no, no, did no, he that's say? What, that's the he question. What's Vladimir the answer? Putin. You did not answer the question. I, I, I know you like to pivot. I get, no, I get it. Are you interested in having Sharia law in America as law? Who is? Islam. you? Islam. No, are you? No. Okay, are you? Show me where they're making national movement. If we, this this is, is a national movement? Yes. This looks like a band of freaking idiots over here. You just call me those stupid hillbillies. Why is it stupid why to be afraid, be afraid of Sharia? Why, why is here? it bad to be afraid of Sharia? Why is it stupid? Well, that's what you said. You said, well, you know you said that when it was people who shouldn't okay. be here end it's, up murdering the children of American citizens. You know what's horrible? What's when, horrible when the president of the United States whips up people to beat the hell out of people. Neo-fascist Becky right here. Becky, the neo-fascist, right here. one charge oh, by pointing to the other I administration. Did we'll get to that no, in a minute. We will get I, to that I, answer. No, don't talk over me. I'll give you the chance and then You're give me the chance. You're talking over me. The minute I challenge you, you tell me I don't know what I'm talking about. Because you don't. I understand the intensity. The stakes are high when it feels like your team is fighting for a little control over the world before the others ruin its chances. So we retreat into our atomized information economies and sling mud when we can. The chaos and mistrust wouldn't be so tragic if the people who control the economy didn't find it all so perfectly useful. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Liza Veal. To hear the rest of this program, head over to philosophytalk.org. Thank you for listening. And thank you for thinking.